Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, and this is the number one show at 5 o'clock. People tune in from all over the world to find out what the heck is going on. I mean, even the Russian KGB listens in because we've made news in Russia, and we've made news in the Ukraine, and China. China for sure is listening in. Uh, We have some common sense people in the studio. We have... Uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, representing the common-sense Democrats. The last of the common-sense The Democrats. last of the Democrats. <laughs> and we have two common-sense Republicans today. It must be Thursday, okay? Uh, we have Ed Cox, uh, who was uh, uh, first son-in-law <laughs> or second son-in-law <laughs> to President Just Nixon. Just a son-in-law. Okay, Mary son-in-law Trisha. to President <laughs> Nixon uh, and uh, 10 years GOP chair. And, uh, and we have... Uh, Congressman Peter King, where uh, we understand there's rumors that King's Highway uh, was named after him. Thank you, Congressman, for being I, here. I can't comment on that, John. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, my, Classified uh, information. And Lydia Serrano is out today because of illness for her daughter. But we have uh, Rita Cosby. Thank the you. Rita Cosby. I'm thrilled to be with you, John. And we got an action show. That makes her smile every time she's here. Thank you. And I'm glad to be with all of you guys and to be here on The Great Cats at Night, John. Uh, we got an action-packed lineup, by the way. Uh, any second, we're going to be joined by Dr. Mehmet Oz, of course, who is in that big race for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. John Fetterman, his opponent, just came out. Uh, we're going to talk about that. It was a very interesting and speech. John Solomon? Yeah, and John Solomon, with just the news, has some big bombshells. Of course, on the Trump raid investigation, huge day today in court. Also, Congressman Andrew Garbarino, of course, Republican, there in New York's 2nd Congressional District. And we will also talk to uh, Carlos Velasquez about Police Athletic League uh, doing so much in the community. Great Lou Dobbs is going to fill us in. Also, Bert Flickinger is going to be talking about uh, inflation, the economy, so much going on. And we're going to top it off, John, with Dr. Mark Siegel. Of course, lots of health news. Now, today's breaking news. Uh, Let's talk about it right now. At 1 o'clock this afternoon, the judge uh, decided that he's going to uh, be talking about uh, judge had a hearing today. Tell us about it. Okay. Yeah, Florida, federal court. Federal magistrate, the same one who signed off on the search warrant, had a hearing. And uh, some newspapers and TV stations came in. They wanted this affidavit in support of search warrant released. The Justice Department opposed the release. The judge said, come back next Thursday. I'm inclined to uh, release sections well, of this of this affidavit. There's, I'll give a you credibility gap. there's a credibility gap in Washington. We don't want... The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, had brought in this woman that says that that uh, Justice uh, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh had uh, touched or raped her when they were in college. But she couldn't remember where, what city it was in. She couldn't remember where it happened. So there's a little bit of a credibility gap in Washington. Absolutely. So what I say, and, uh, and Ed Cox and uh, Peter King and Rita, what I say is... Let's make sure 
that the person has credibility that has accused President Trump of of having these documents. One thousand percent. That's all I'm asking for. Credi- because there's a credibility gap in Washington. John Ed Cox can you know, discuss this in more detail, but basically the same FBI guys who are in charge of Mar-a-Lago, uh, the same ones who were behind the Russia hoax, the same team is down there trying to discredit President Trump again. Ed, but you so, know the details. This is the counterintelligence unit division that is being investigated by Durham now for, for perpetrating that Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. And it's uh, the same thing. And, uh, and wait a second. That's what, leaving this? What? What? Yes. Yeah. And what does counterintelligence have to do with an argument between the National Archives and President Trump? And what about the judge, too? The judge also has a lot of questions. This is the same judge who recused himself on a Hillary Clinton Trump issue about a month ago. You know, you know what, 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 what did Trump say about this? They're full of crap. <laughs> you know? I don't blame Trump for saying, let's see. I it. understand now we have our, uh, our guest from uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, we great absolutely state of Pennsylvania. do. And we have the great Dr. Mehmet Oz, of course, the Republican nominee there for Senate in the big race against John Fetterman. Dr. Mehmet Oz, of course, acclaimed television personality, great surgeon, Columbia University professor. Uh, Dr. Oz, great to have you here on Cats at Night. This is Rita Cosby. How are you? Hey, we're doing very well. Where the wait continues here in Pennsylvania, uh, John Fetterman continues to hide. Uh, I've done about 160 campaign appearances over the last uh, six weeks or so. Fetterman uh, came out once, didn't answer any questions. Uh, he's not responding to my request for a debate. And the fascinating Is he playing the Joe Biden game where he hid in the basement so nobody knows who he really is? It's related to the Joe Biden game, but it, it's it, you know it takes it to another extreme. It's on you know it's on turbocharge because he literally is not coming out, not agreeing to debates, and it's a it's a challenge for democracy because democracy is based on us seeing our candidates, making sure they hear us, hear our issues, and then we get to judge based on our interactions with them and what we hear them doing when they debate each other and when they're being asked tough questions by the media. How do they respond? Because everyone can say whatever they want in private, but when you get into the public arena, you got to be able to stand up to some scrutiny. Nothing. I mean, and the guy doesn't like to campaign anyway, but this is ridiculous. And, you know, and Dr. Oz, you know, I saw also um, when he did make a couple statements, I was stunned. We were talking about it right before the show. He seems to be all over the place. He's obviously has had some health issues, but he just seemed to be like not even on incoherent almost in some of his statements. Dr. Oz, what's your reaction? Well, I don't want to get involved in his specific medical diagnosis because unfortunately, as a doctor and I studied this area in particular, I have some uh, some some personal beliefs, but it's not based on any data because he doesn't release information that we would need to be able to figure that out. But I got to say, if he says he's healthy and he's claiming that then he should be out on the campaign trail. And I'm not actually as worried about him as his ability to campaign. I'm worried about the crazy ideas in his head. Well, Dr. Ives, it's it's Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. I tell you what concerned me when he said he wants to legalize all drugs in Pennsylvania. What is that all about? Wants to decriminalize all drugs. He doesn't. He doesn't believe in a border. Uh, he wants it to be open so immigrants can come as they desire. Wants sanctuary cities. He wants one third of all prisoners released from uh, jails in Pennsylvania. And doesn't want death sentences even for you know people who've committed you know atrocious crimes. This is not in this. Uh, these are not the values of Pennsylvania and in Philadelphia. Which is he want to turn? He wants to turn all of Pennsylvania into what Philadelphia is like. 
That's the concern. John perfectly said we had the most murders ever in Philadelphia. Now, I'm not talking about you know, wishy-washy, literally the most murders ever last year. We're going to beat that record this year. And people, uh, I'm in the northeast part of the state right now, in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. Folks here are saying, my goodness, is it going to come to us? Is that same craziness where we don't enforce any of the rules? We let people uh, do what they, what they desire, and then we basically do a social experiment and whoever's left in the city, I mean, it destroys everything. People can't go into Philadelphia. And Fetterman is actively engaging in a process to support this and I don't want that happening in the United States Senate because – and this is the key thing for everyone to understand. He's a far-left radical, the furthest-left radical of anyone running in a competitive state this year, and he will bust the filibuster. He will pack the court. He's a very disruptive person. He said, if you like Joe Manchin, don't vote for me. This is, he's picking fights in his own party. He's far left of uh, Bernie Sanders, who's endorsed him, and the two of them call themselves the most progressive candidates in America. He's more like AOC, just throwing Twitter bombs out there, snarky comments. But there's no desire to protect, defend the nation, the, the laws that we are ruled by, and most importantly, explain what you're going to do to fix the problems created by the Biden administration. Wow. Yeah, really. So, you know, I want to ask about also the fact that he's trying to sort of be this everyman. You know, you keep seeing him in the hoodie. It's like a different hoodie every time. Um, but yet his background is very different than he's sort of portraying Dr. Oz. It's very interesting. Well, you know, I'm an immigrant son, as John knows, and my father came from Turkey uh, on scholarship uh, because America wanted immigrants that had uh, education. And we lived the American dream. And with hard work and respect of this country, we were given an incredible ability to thrive in America. And I'm proud of that. You know, as an American dream recipient, it's allowed me to do incredible things. Fetterman doesn't like that I did that and continually making comments about it. He actually grew up in his own words in privilege, did nothing with it. His parents were taking care of him, paying his bills uh, until very recently. His house was given to him for $1 by his sister. He's not a working man. This is a guy who literally hasn't worked. And, and, and he's worshiping, to, I guess, when you say he wants to do drugs, and, and, uh, he's doing what uh, Joe Biden wants him to do. I mean, you know what your, your ad should be? If you like what Joe Biden is doing for our country, then vote for Futterman. Whatever his name is. Dr. Oz, Ed, Ed Cox here. The cost of living here, inflation in New York is just shooting up like a rocket. And meanwhile, just in the last month, manufacturing has taken a nosedive. What's the situation of the economy? I know you got a Democratic governor there, and Federman was a part of that administration as lieutenant governor. What's the state of the economy now in Pennsylvania? It's chilling because – the cost of living is increasing so fast that folks aren't able to fill up their gas tanks. Uh, they uh, are replacing and returning groceries when they get the final bill. A lot of my patients are complaining uh, that they can't fulfill their prescriptions. I mean, this is a real crisis when cost of living is increasing faster than wages. And you point out some indicators, but today the housing numbers came out and they're plummeting. We're in a, we're in a recession. And the problem for Pennsylvanians especially is that we have natural gas beneath our feet here, enough to power the entire country. If we could ship our natural gas to New York, it would dramatically drop your energy costs, but we're not allowed to. Activists have blocked this. And people in Pennsylvania say we have the resources. You're destroying our economy You're on a, for an ideological reason. You're not allowing us to, to have our kids trained to move into these sectors. Betterman's called fracking a stain on Pennsylvania and move to create a moratorium to to block it, thinks he's got to regulate it out of existence. And yet that would actually, in addition to reducing energy costs and inflation, it would actually make our country energy energy dominant, which allows us to portray a very different vision overseas, all blocked. 
because Fetterman thinks it's a bad idea to do anything besides Green New Deal ideology. Dr. Ross, this is former Congressman Pete King. What inroads uh, can you see yourself making among moderate Democrats and independent voters that are needed to win in Pennsylvania? There's only one thing I need to make sure I define John Fetterman as exactly the person I described today. And when people know that, they don't want to have him because conservative Democrats, and I just left a large group of them, do not share those values. That's not what they want. They want someone who's worked hard, who has a reputation for being able to fix stuff like me, um, and is proud to bring those skills to help the challenges that we face in Pennsylvania. They don't want someone who has you know, backed his way through life um, and wants a promotion for it. It sends a bad message across the board, and it's not going to happen. As soon as that's clear, the decision is very simple. Wow. Very. No, I have, I have to ask you, because we're going to be talking in a few seconds uh, with John Solomon, Dr. Oz. And, of course, he's going to be focused on everything that's happened today, uh, the hearings on the Trump raid. The reason I want to ask you is, what are voters saying in Pennsylvania? I realize it's not a Pennsylvania issue, but in some of the exit polls recently, like in Wyoming and in Alaska and elsewhere, voters were talking about the raid, talking about the Trump raid, um, the overreach, if you will. What are your thoughts? I think a lot of voters here are asking the same questions you're asking. Tell us what you are looking for that you found. And was this really the right thing to do to weaponize the FBI? And uh, unless you've got a really good reason, like you saved the nation, <laughs> then uh, this was a mistake. And I got to say, across the board, I think this is an attitude a lot of people in Pennsylvania have. They, they want to be able to make decisions for our commonwealth based, based on our values. And they don't want a lot of outsiders playing a, a, a major role in this process. And it continues to happen around the country. I mean, this, this, my race is a good example. My opponent is getting massive amounts of money from liberals on the coast who are trying to buy the Senate seat for him. By the way, DrOz.com is my website. If anyone is so inclined, please consider it. Even 10 bucks matters to join the club. But we have to be able, as Republicans, to raise funds to combat. Is DrOz.com D-R-O-Z? D-O-C-T-O-R. Doctor, spelled out. Doctor, spelled out, Oz.com. Well, I got to say to you, I'm a little prejudiced because Dr. Oz has saved a lot of my friends' lives, and I've always supported him. And I'm going to also see him at the if he's up here for the uh, health core uh, dinner in uh, in sometime in September. Yeah, you always do great work there, Dr. Oz. We love having you on the show, Dr. Oz. Thank you so much for joining us here on Cats at Night. Great to talk to you, my friend. God bless you all. Take care. Thank you. Uh, let's go uh, now. I think John Solomon is calling in. Let's go to John Solomon. With us today is John Solomon and JustinNews.com and. He's giving us all the breaking news. John Solomon, what's going on today? I mean, there's so many things going on. There sure is. Uh, there is a lot going on. Let me start with a fun one. Remember that pay te- Paycheck Protection Program that was supposed to help small businesses survive the COVID-19 pandemic? And, and there, those are forgivable loans. It turns out it wasn't just small businesses that got some of those loans and had them forgiven. Celebrity influencer Khloe Kardashian the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, Paul Pelosi, many the, other... The, the husband of Nancy Pelosi got money on that? Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. He owns part of, got... He he's got only it. worth a couple uh, of hundred million. EDI Associates. Uh, he, he's only Daily worth Mail, a couple so. of hundred million. Yeah. Well, uh, he, got, he got a little bit... Uh, his company got the benefit of that, and... Um, uh, so what we see is that, you know, companies associated with these big, famous influencers, uh, famous political figures, they were beneficiaries of a program that uh, was billed as helping mom, pa, 
companies on Main Street America. So we continue to learn a lot about the PPP, lots of fraud, right? We've had numerous fraud prosecutions, uh, but the lot, a lot of the money that we put on the street for COVID, whether it was unemployment, uh, ex expanded unemployment uh, benefits or the PPP, we're now beginning to learn. It wasn't exactly what we were told. Uh, political people, frauds, other people took advantage of it. And I think we're coming to, to grips for the first time, the cost of taxpayers that we really didn't know when, when we approved this. I got another fun one that I think is really worth talking about. You, everybody saw yesterday the CDC director say, hey, we got most everything wrong about COVID-19, so I'm going to reorganize my agency. We're going to do it better next time. We act it like uh, academics rather than uh, people who are charged with quickly protecting public health. But we brought on one of the most famous whistleblowers in the uh, history of science, uh, Dr. Jonathan Fishbein, who blew the whistle on the NIH and Dr. Anthony Fauci about 17 years ago now. And he's been watching this whole thing, and, and, and he saw his own whistleblowing as a precursor to this. But he said something very profound to us yesterday. He said at the root of this is that you have long-serving bureaucrats, entrenched bureaucrats, who have decided to substitute their political motives for uh, the judgment of the taxpayers, for the judgment of the government, for the judgment of science. In that process, these entitled bureaucrats deciding what they politically want to do personally rather than what the science shows should be done is putting public health at risk. Very powerful interview from a very influential whistleblower who really changed the course of science with his whistleblowing back in 2005. So that's a, that's a big story getting a lot of attention today. And, and this whistleblowing... Are they being protected or are they losing their jobs? There's been stories both ways. Right. Well, Jonathan Fishbein is really famous because Dr. Fauci's team originally fired him, and then he was restored to his job, and, and it was determined that, that Dr. Fishbein had done everything right. His job was to protect the public as the advocate for ethics inside uh, the NIH, and he was wrongly fired. He was restored to his job, and and uh, but it was a long, painful process for him. He had been shamed. He had lost his job and income for a while. Uh, he's one of the lucky whistleblowers who ultimately got his job back and his career back. And he continues to work in the medical ethics profession today. But other people not as lucky. And uh, right now, there's a very sensitive set of whistleblowers inside the FBI. We're told it's a t number of 17 now. Between tell those us about that. What 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 are they whistleblowing? I mean, we know that the political end of the Department of Justice has an undue influence in calling the shots at the FBI. And we know there's a lot of high-up FBI play names that, I don't want to mention names, that are very upset of being pulled in, in directions that make them political. So yeah, what are these yeah. 17 whistleblowers, what do you think they're saying? Well, uh, we'll take the lawmakers at the work, as Senator... Chuck Grassley and Congressman Jim Jordan have given us a pretty good description of the general allegations without giving us the identity. We're told some of them are very senior. Some work in the Justice Department. Most work in the FBI. And the core allegation with several different manifestations is there has been a political bias influencing investigative decisions on politically sensitive investigations. And I'll give you two examples that the whistleblowers that Chuck Grassley has talked to the senator has described. In one instance in 2020, a, an investigation of Donald Trump was opened up on, they created a predicate, they started investigating Donald Trump without the proper predicate, meaning it didn't meet the FBI's rules for uh, opening a criminal investigation. In that same year, in the same office, the office of the, Wa the Washington Field Office of the FBI, 
an analysis was generated without request that claimed that legitimate evidence that was being used to investigate Hunter Biden uh, was in fact disinformation. It turns out it was legitimate evidence, but for a period of time, it actually, that little ruse allowed the Hunter Biden investigation, a portion of it, to be shut down improperly. And then a third thing, there is the, the, the number two guy in the Washington field office, a guy named Thibodeau, that he was expressing on his social media platforms a bias against Donald Trump and other people, uh, even though he was invest, inv involved in sensitive investigations. Those allegations have led to that person being removed from his job and the FBI director now saying he finds these, uh, the proof that's in the public now to be very troubling. So that's a little sense of what the FBI whistleblowers are telling Congress right now. Understood. Uh, we got another minute left. Anything else you want to tell the, the people on Thursday? The favorite story of the day, at least according to our readers at Just the News, uh, back, in 1990, uh, back, back in the 1990s, Bill Clinton had a set of audio tapes of his, his private discussions with a historian. He st stuck it in a sock drawer. That case, a judge ruled the president has wide discretion to determine which of his records are personal, which are government. It's being resurrected. It could become a very important part in the Mar-a-Lago search with Donald Trump. Who knew that something in Bill Clinton's sock drawers would have some relevance to the raid of uh, Melania uh, Trump's closet? But there's a connection and a legal philosophy in that case that's probably going to extend to Mar-a-Lago. Well, Bill Clinton was a good friend. I love the guy. Thank you so much for coming on, John Solomon, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, John. Great to talk to you. Well, that was uh, uh, John Solomon. And uh, what did you guys get out of it, uh, uh, Ed Cox? Uh, the, the fact that these whistleblowers, 17 of them, and some of them in very high positions. In the Justice are, Department and the FBI. Talking about the political, uh, yes, the just. The liberal Justice Department is, they've got some real problems here. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, 17's a whopping number. Yeah, I think Ed and I would agree that probably 99% of the FBI agents are solid people. 99 and a half. You bet. More than that, okay. But the top has really been corrupted. You know, Comey, McCabe, Stroke, all of them, they disgrace themselves in the FBI. And I'm disappointed it started. that it started. Ray hasn't done more to get rid of all that influence. It started with uh, Eric Holder in the Obama administration, yes, he did. I guess. He had, uh, Eric Holder. He was the wingman. Eric Holder had absolute power. Absolute power. And he acts so sanctimonious all the time. And by the way, yeah. held in contempt by Congress. Right. Fast Nothing and furious. Nothing That's happened. Happened. Along yeah. with the IRS girl, what was her name? Lois, oh, Lois Lerner. Lois Lerner. How could we forget? Not Lois Lerner. Also, oh, Eric, Lerner. Eric Holder has never Lerner. explained all those last-minute pardons he gave to people who are big contributors to the Democrats. Unbelievable. Yeah, and you know what I thought was interesting, too, guys, is also the different standards, how they play politics, as he was explaining within the FBI and DOJ, that when it was a case on Trump, it rose quickly. Hunter got Holding buried. on the line. <laughs> let's, let's go. Holding on the line, we have Carlos Velasquez, the new executive director of the Police Athletic League. To, let's do something on the light side. To, for him to tell us what the Police Athletic League has been doing in the inner, inner city for the for the for the young American kids, not the one necessarily the ones crossing the border. Uh, Carlos, tell it, tell us about what's going on with the Police Athletic League. Well, thanks for having me, John. We, we've been doing some great work, especially this summer. Um, our Play Streets program, we've closed down streets around New York City so our, our young people have a safe place to play and interact with um, caring mentors and partnering with the NYPD. Um, today we had an amazing event where we gave out uh, 900 book bags in partnership with uh, DA Eric Gonzalez out in Brooklyn. 
um, to, to young people so they can have their back-to-school supplies and a book bag. Um, we've been hosting late-night basketball programs to keep our young people uh, busy and, and um, active during the summer. So there's a lot of work going on here at PAL. And, you know, Carlos, how beautiful, by the way, how important is it that relationship? This is Rita Cosby here helping out uh, with Cats and Night and the great team. How important is that relationship with police and kids, especially now more than ever? It keeps their nose clean. Yes. Go ahead, Carlos. Yeah, I I think the relationship is is more important than ever. One, young people feel safe. We hear about the violence uh, around the city every single day and and having our young people know that there are people out there watching their back and have people who are willing to work with them to make sure that they're they're making good decisions and they feel protected is very important so we see that with the interactions with our wonderful volunteers from the police department who come to all of our programs and who are fully engaged in making sure that our young people have a safe place um to play so, Carlos, Carlos, go ahead, go ahead, so Carlos uh, Ed Cox here. So uh, this program really forms a bond between the cops and the kids. Isn't that right? And that is something yes, that's very important for the future in New York. Definitely. I think, you know, without that relationship, um, it, it's very difficult for our young people in our communities to, to feel safe and to trust the police. And I think the work that we're doing in conjunction with the police department creates the opportunity for them to build trust, build respect and build partnership to keep their community safe. Well, Carlos Velasquez, thank you so much uh, for everything you do. Give us the website in case people want to get involved or donate to the Police Athletic League to help these kids. Definitely. It's PALNYC.org. So we more than willing and uh, open to people to support, volunteer, um, and definitely donate um, to help us continue doing the amazing work we do in New York City. Well, thank you, Carlos Velasquez, Executive Bravo. Director of Police Athletic League. Thank you. Thank you, John. And now, you have a good night. Thank you. Good night. Uh, now, we're going to go to a break in about a minute. I understand Lou Dobbs is uh, someplace around here. Uh, and uh, one last word on uh, what uh, John Solomon said, guys. I think it's just reinforcing the fact that uh, the Justice Department and the FBI at the highest levels are out of control. And what they can do to individual Americans, they can destroy you. You can be the most honest person in the world. They can bankrupt you, ruin your reputation, and just destroy your life. I I want to ask you, John, a question about PAL, about PAL. Yes. When did you first become involved with it? Mr. Morgenthau, who ran police athletically for 50 years, hired me in September of 1984. Wow, September, you remember? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> September that's 1984. That's impressive. John, that is a great organization. <laughs> I've, I've been able to speak at a number of the uh, 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 luncheons. You know, Ed has been there. Yeah. And the work that you do for them is just re- you're really phenomenal, especially in this day and age when cops are under siege. You have to help the kids yeah. of the inner yeah. city. We ha- Before yeah. we help the kids of Africa or South America, how about helping the kids, our own kids in New York City? Well, you certainly Absolutely. do it with the BAL. And make such a difference, everybody. I We're coming up. Uh, yeah. We have a break coming up in Lou Dobbs. Let's go to Lou Dobbs. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. 
It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And this is Rita Cosby joining the great John Katsimatidis here on Cats at Night. Also still with us in the studio, we've got the great Judge Richard Weinberg, also former GOP chair of New York State, Ed Cox, and everything named King all over the world, the former Congressman Peter King. And joining us now is Congressman Andrew Garbarino, uh, Congressman, the great one who is representing New York's 2nd Congressional District. This is Rita Cosby. Uh, great to have you here. Uh, how are you, Congressman? I'm doing great. Great to be back with you all so, uh, so soon. Thanks Absolutely. And we've got Congressman Ping, who, uh, King, who I know is a big supporter in helping you there. Yeah, Andrew, first of all, uh, congratulations on the great job you've done. But now you're back from Washington. I understand you're all over the district meeting with many groups and many people. You know, what's on their mind? What are they talking to you about? What are they happy about? What are they angry about? And what can you do for them? I can't I can't tell you. Uh, it's amazing. I walked in. The, I walked in the Medford 100, uh, 100 year uh, fire department. Uh, anniversary parade on Saturday. I was at a, a church barbecue, and everyone is coming up to me and, and saying, "Please, let's get rid of Nancy Pelosi." Uh, it, it that is on everybody's mind. It's been on part of our, our ads that we're running now. But literally, people say she needs to go. You know, things need to change in Washington. Uh, so, in 80 days, 85 days in November, that's our goal. Our goal is to make sure we take the. Uh, Take the majority and uh, and get rid of Speaker Pelosi because you know one thing I've seen in 20 months down there, uh, she doesn't care about anything but uh, control and power, and uh, that's not good for our right country. now. It looks like uh, the Democrats have absolute control in Washington between the executive office, between the Senate, between the Congress, and I believe you know I'm a moderate. I believe in a balance of power. And I believe that uh, uh, Congress should go to the Republicans and even the Senate. That's why you have balance of power in Washington. Yeah, that's what the people want. Check and balances. Well, I have to tell you, Congressman, it's it's Judge Richard Weinberg. Our in-house Democrat. Our in-house Democrat. (laughs) This in-house Democrat that was very troubled by that consumer fraud of a bill called the Inflation Reduction Act. Can you tell us about it? Well, yeah, you know, it's it's anything but the Inflation Reduction Act. It's actually— uh, we had economists uh, tell, uh, talk to our conference and tell us that it's actually going to possibly uh, raise uh, inflation over the next uh, two years. And uh, you know the big the big goal, their big win there, eighty seven thousand new IRS agents, eighty seven thousand new IRS agents. God knows what they're going to be doing. Uh, How many? You know, they, they you know have we only have we only have fifteen thousand FBI agents. We only have eight thousand Border Patrol agents. We only have like seventy or eighty thousand Marines, but we're going to have eighty-seven thousand IRS agents. Who are they going to go after? Every waiter, every Uber driver, every taxi driver. Are they sending them to the border to protect the United States border? No, but but they're also requiring that the IRS agents carry guns. Yeah, that's amazing. One of the qualities. So you didn't pay your taxes, and what are you going to do? Take a gun out? Right, right. And just, you know, to your point, John, too, that makes the IRS bigger than the State Department, the Pentagon. I mean, think about that. It makes it bigger than the Border Patrol. It makes it bigger than the Marines. It makes it bigger than the FBI. Uh, Andrew, I know you're you're, uh, very active with small businesses. What impact is this going to have on small business having so many more thousand IRS agents going out auditing them? Well, that's exactly it. It's not just about... Whether or not these guys, these small businesses, uh, you know, uh, have missed a payment or so, 
the regulations that these uh, IRS agents are now going to be able to hold over these uh, these small business heads and the costs of trying to comply, it, it's it, it's taking money out of small business pockets. It's taking money out of middle class family pockets that they don't have right now because we're at uh, 8.3% inflation for the year. You know, so, you know, we, they, these small businesses won't be able to afford these extra regulations, this extra oversight. They're, they're making us, they're using our tax dollars to take more tax dollars from us. And Andrew, how about the issue of crime? How, how big an issue is that in the second CD? Crime? Oh, it's, it's, it's safety. Public safety is one of the top issues uh, across the, uh, the congressional district, both here at home and for a lot of the commuters that go into the city. Uh, you know, the fear of going into the city, a lot of them don't even take public transportation anymore. They're driving in uh, because they, they, uh, they're one of the stories that they're hearing uh, of the attacks on the subways, of the attacks on the trains. They say, uh, we're just going to drive in. We don't even want to uh, we don't even want to risk it. Andrew, now, what about the congestion price? Yeah. What is that about? Well, again, they're nickel and diming us. It's they're nickel and diming. They're using Long Island as an ATM to pay for things in the city. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, we have we have a lot of people, a lot of uh, contractors, a lot of uh, businesses that deliver into the city. Now they're going to end up paying some of these, uh, you know, up to maybe eighty-two dollars a trip. You know, if if I drive in to go see a, a a show or have a meeting, could be for me in in, in a regular car twenty-five dollars possibly for a trip. And 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 they're trying to say, well, we want you to take public transportation. Oh, yeah? Well, then why is the MTA cutting the uh, amount of Long Island Railroad uh, trains that are coming in from Long Island? It, it, they are nickel and diming us. It's, it's a way for them to keep paying for all of their pet projects. It's, uh, and, and they're using Long Island as an ATM. They're, you, they're using Long Island. They're using Brooklyn. They're using Staten Island. They're using Queens, the Bronx, and New Jersey. You know, nobody worries about New Jersey for some reason. But <laughs> they're using everybody. And the MTA... Uh, let me tell you something. It's like the MTA with the Verrazano Bridge. We had Vito Fasella, the borough president here the other day. They said, originally they said, when the Verrazano Bridge gets paid off, there'll be no toll. Forget about it. Yeah, forget about yeah, that. It's only increased. Up. Every year it's increased. Yeah, they'll never give that toll up. And 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 and, and once, you see, once you see the exemptions, all the special groups that are going to get an exemption under this bill, it's it's... It's uh, it's ridiculous. We're going to pay double you know, coupons because other there. groups are getting exemptions. Well, Congressman Garbarino, thank you so much for coming on. Good luck on the primary uh, this uh, Tuesday, and uh, God bless you and God bless America. Good luck, Andrew. Thanks, everybody. Good luck. Thank you. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to come back with Bert Flickinger, and Bert Flickinger is going to tell us what the heck is going on with food prices. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And this is Rita Cosby here with John Katz and Matidis for Cats at Night. Still with us in studio, we've got Congressman Peter King, also Judge Richard Weinberg, and also former GOP Chair Ed Cox. And joining us now to talk about everything that's happening, of course, with the economy, some new housing numbers coming out just a little bit ago, is Bert Flickinger, who is awesome, always, of course, with the great consumer issues, also the Managing Director of Strategic resource group widely regarded as the top consultant in retail and uh Bert, great to have you Bert, with us how much are my oreo oreo cookies that i always buy <laughs> you always ask about the oreo updates i, I love that <laughs> john, john earlier this year they were they were below four dollars a pack they're going above seven 
So above seven dollars oh a pack, and, and 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 they put a little bit less of the white stuff in between, right? Especially in the exactly. double ones. I love the double ones. Double stuffed. You bet. Wow, but that's a big sign. As as we're just hearing, if it's already doubled Orioles, what's what's the latest? And, and, what and, you... and Cindy Adams wants her animal crackers, and she can't get them. Uh oh, <laughs> is she having trouble getting them? Yes. All right. Well, we'll have to deliver that and Orioles to her too, and my Snickers. Uh, so what's the latest, Bert? <laughs> Rita, they, they, the headline, and, and you see it so well in your Emmy Award-winning investigative journalism, inflation is just uh, crushing consumers because consumers are concerned about inflation, crime, and COVID, and food prices, to your and John's discussion with Lydia, food prices are up 63.5% higher than the 8.5 rate of inflation. Food inflation the trailing 12 months is 14%. And this winter, people are going to freeze and starve. And the political class is putting working people, blue-collar people, and poor people into unprecedented levels of poverty we haven't seen since the end of the 1930s. Wow. That's a big uh, proclamation. Uh, 1930s. Wow. Do you really feel it's that grave? I mean, that's an enormous uh, statement there, Bert. Rita, I and our team have been going uh, across America from Indianola, Mississippi, the home of the uh, Blues Hall of Fame, to Indiana, to uh, Mississippi, to Minnesota, California, Connecticut, and where Dr. Oz was campaigning in Pittston, Pennsylvania, uh, over the weekend. The poverty uh, where President Biden grew up in Pittston, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton is, is just unprecedented. The roads are a wreck. Uh, the housing stock is a wreck. Uh, the unemployment is high. And Garrity's the number one supermarket chain, which has over 15 stores, hasn't been able to renovate or rebuild their uh, the outside of their stores or their parking lots where you could get flat tires from the from the potholes and the roads and the parking lots. But we're seeing that kind of poverty uh, for, from um, Mississippi and north to, south to north and uh, west to east. And it's getting worse, and uh, consumers can't can't afford it. And uh, with retail being wrecked, caught in the crossfire, there'll be a number millions of jobs getting uh, lost that John's detailed so well between retail, the number one sector of unemployment, uh, the vendors uh, who count on uh, retail and the workers, uh, retail and the shoppers who count on retail, millions of people will be out of work by New Year's and it'll crush the economy. It'll be an even bigger factor for the 2024 presidential elections, uh, but a huge factor in the November congressional election. Bert, about a month ago, I predicted that we had reached uh, peak pricing on crude oil. And at that point, it was 120, 125. It went as low as 86.50 yesterday. And, and if, and then, Last week, I predicted that since we we crude oil is coming down, that the fact is there's a 90 day delay in food pricing and that we have price increases for September and October. But maybe by the end of October, we might reach a peak pricing on food. How right or wrong am I? John, very present prediction and and your forecast on oil and energy is the only thing that's saving this country for for inflation being 8.5 percent in total rather than 13.9 to 14 percent as it is in food the issue with food 
is this uh, you and your Red Apple group, WABC 770, uh, radio is uh, forecast so well. We've gone from moderate drought to severe drought across the country. Doesn't need to happen. It's poor government conservancy of, of water, uh, particularly egregious uh, poor conservation of water. California, uh, the western states, uh, coast to coast. And instead of following Professor Neil Matson's lead at the College of Agriculture's across the U.S., like Cornell, where you can do industrial greenhouses and grow uh, six times more crops with only one-tenth of water. We're wasting water from the Hoover Dam, uh, Lake Mead, et cetera. So food prices are going up at the same time your energy prices are going down, John, and it's, it's going to be uh, hell for consumers to pay in the crossfire. But thankfully, you're bringing common sense to the energy industry because without that, uh, consumers would be completely crushed uh, for another two and a half years. Yeah, I, I agree. Bert Fleckinger, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, uh, we'll talk again real soon and see which way our country is going. And uh, God bless you, and thank you for speaking out, and God bless America. <clears throat> God bless, and happy birthday next month, and tr- keep fighting for truth, justice, and the American way and leading the team. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bert. Uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to come back with – Dr. Mark Siegel that wants to give us an update on what's happening in the medical profession. Let's take that break. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And this is Rita Cosby joining John Katz and Matides here on the Great Cats at Night show. And we now bring in, with everybody here in the studio and myself, of course, Dr. Mark Siegel, a renowned medical expert, of course, Fox News medical expert. And Dr. Siegel, great to have you here. I want to know about all his degrees. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't have a couple hours, do we, Dr. Siegel? We have also a friend of Rita Cosby on there. (laughs) By the way, for the record, didn't I do your first interview you ever did? Didn't we talk about that? That's probably true. Uh, Maybe one of my best first interviews, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, it's great to have you here on Cats at Night. Great to be with Uh, you. I got to ask you, of course, to start out with the big headline. Of course, the CDC coming out that what a surprise. Maybe they made some mistakes in the messaging about COVID over the last few years. It's a little uh, few years too late for that message, huh? Well, they're used to talking to scientists is what they're saying. They, they, have, they have a lingo talking to scientists, but also that doesn't always suit the public too well who feels like they're being condescended to. There's also the fact that there's a ton of bureaucracy involved, committees meeting and committees meeting and vetting, vetting, vetting. By the time you get the information, it's out of date. Then you get complex messaging no one understands. Other countries are doing faster, getting more results. I mean, I think I think that they did a lot of good work during the pandemic, but I think that they were geared not towards a pandemic response. And I think that they ended up alienating people. And it wasn't just the CDC. But the message here is that we're going to do it in real time. We got to get you info in real time when something's emerging and changing, because you know what ended up happening, Rita? Everybody suddenly or over time stopped believing a word anybody was saying. Dr. Siegel, this is Pete King. 
How do you see that being implemented as far as monkeypox, as far as the messaging there? Well, see, that's one of the reasons they got they got under the hot seat because we see that we saw that repeated where the testing, Pete, that we was that that story of testing being so delayed with COVID and it was already rampant by the time we knew about it was being repeated with monkeypox. Same thing where you know the standard test took too long to get. The good news here is that that's not very easy to spread monkeypox. It's still primarily in the gay and bisexual communities. It's clearly been undercounted. The other story is that the vaccine is in a available and, and was not available and should have been available. So all of those public health responses put the CDC more in the spotlight. And polio, where are we with that? Well, polio, I see a little differently. I think polio is a situation where live virus vaccine is being given in other parts of the world, including Mexico, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and people get that vaccine and they come through our porous borders bringing virus that they're shedding, and we are vaccinated with a dead virus vaccine. If you haven't had it or haven't had it recently, you can get infected with this virus from the live virus vaccine, which isn't a way of saying I don't like the polio vaccine. I love it. It's a way of saying I don't like the porous borders and the fact that travelers come here with, without any, any roadblocks at all. Yeah, that's amazing that nothing ever changed with all of that, with all of the restrictions on all of us as we're all talking about polio and monkeypox. Um, and clearly, obviously, everything that happened with COVID still on the border, wide open, no checks. Right, doctor? Right. No checks. Border Patrol getting sick. Hospitals in, in the southern Texas and uh, New Mexico uh, getting overloaded, California, all of this, you know, the sanctuary cities, all of this has a public health aspect to it. All I hear about is the politics, but the public health aspect may be worse and clearly going unchecked. Tuberculosis, a, a concern, obviously COVID, you know, what good is vaccinating? Well, well I mean, even if the vaccine, vaccine prevented spread, which it doesn't, but meanwhile, people are coming in unvaccinated. Then we end up vaccinating them. So the whole idea of public health uh, presenting a barrier, that's why, by the way, last point on this, when I interviewed Ken uh, Cuccinelli down in uh, Dulles at the beginning of the pandemic, he said, you know, viruses coming in here are a national security problem. I said, really? I thought it was a public health problem. He says, no, it's a national security problem. And we refuse to look at it that way. Now, uh, doctor, what happened? Everybody's asking if you had what happened to the ordinary flu? Was it we, we were less sophisticated or all of a sudden we're more sophisticated? Well, I actually think that, that, a, that a mask decreases the spread of flu, not the spread of COVID. So all of these, these closures and lockdowns that destroyed our economy, everything destroyed except for, uh, for, for Casamitidis' empire, for Gristidis, or, but everything else is destroyed. <laughs> everything else destroyed. But, but meanwhile... The flu was 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 damped down. So the flu is a casualty of all of this response, but it's going to come back. And when it comes back, it's going to be worse because we don't have the immunity to it. And that's one of the other stories, which is with everything we did, we, we basically got in the way of our immune responses to common viruses that we usually see. So everything has a, a trade-off to it. So, Doctor, in Britain, they have approved a booster that takes care of the variances. Should we, uh, when that gets approved, how quickly would it get approved here in the United States? And should we get it when it is approved? 
Well, the one they approved in the U.K., we decided not to approve because it only covers the BA-1. I'm with that decision because we're going to get the one that covers the BA-5 in about three weeks. And we're and I'm going to tell everybody to take it. If you haven't had your fourth shot and you're over 50 years old, you should be taking that one. That one is going to be better. The one that the U.K. approved doesn't offer much advantage. So I like the idea of the of the Omicron-specific shot. It, 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 it's it's a better vaccine for the current situation. But look, we got we got a lot of fatigue of people that don't want to take any more shots. Thank you, Doctor. We're out of time. I hear my Superman music. Thank you so much, uh, Doctor Mark Siegel. And Thank make you. sure everybody listen in to Rita Cosby on Monday through Friday between ten o'clock and twelve o'clock. Record record high. Uh, uh, listeners, right? Yeah, absolutely. As we what all do you have here, tonight? Well, tonight we're going to obviously talk a lot about the hearing in court. And we have Mark Lauder, who used to work with Vice President Penn. So that's going to be a blockbuster. And thank you, Congressman King of King's Highway and, <laughs> and Ed Cox, the first uh, son-in-law of President Nixon, and Judge Richard Weinberg and Rita Cosby. I'll be listening tonight. And what do we stand for? Truth, justice, and the American way. God bless America. We need help. We need God's blessing. Thank you. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.